0: And so, praise the Lord, we're able to do that uh, today. Uh, Dallas Lauderdale III was uh, 2007, in 2007 was an AAU national champion, and then his basketball journey included Ohio State University, uh, where he's third on the all-time block list. He appeared twice with them in the Sweet 16 and is a member of the Big Ten all-defensive team. His professional work includes Portland Trailbladers, Ohio, uh, Idaho Stampede, Maine Red Claws, and professional teams in Poland, Hungary, and Canada. And as a result of his performance, he's been featured twice in Sports Illustrated magazine. In 2015, Dallas uh, created Direction Up Basketball Camp, and that camp gives him the opportunity to ignite a love for basketball in the heart of Cleveland's youth. He's an ordained minister, Trinity Christian Church in Solon, Ohio. He was the morning session speaker, uh, one or two of the mornings for the adults at all church retreat. And then he spoke, I think, a couple of times to the youth, to the high school people. So, if you're going to be uh, praying for Dallas as he comes up, give him a good hearty amen. amen. <laughs> He gets a
1: shoulder. You're gonna get a shoulder shiver every time on a hug, man. It's uh, I'm I'm so grateful to be here with you all this morning. What a uh, what an honor. What a privilege. Thankful to Pastor Shelby for sharing his pulpit with me. You know, they were they were messed. Up. The media team was messing with me earlier today. I had. I had 35 minutes, and I had to stick to that 35 because we got to get that crowd out and this crowd in. But nobody's coming in after us, so we're gonna be here an hour. So oh, yeah. it's uh it's all good. We're gonna be here an hour. Um, but man, I'm 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 truly grateful for your pastor. Um, when when my spiritual father Mark Trotter passed away, Pastor Shelby sort of stepped in and unknowingly filled that role, and so I'm thankful for him. I'm I'm thankful for him. I'm able to bounce tough questions and ideas off of him and his answers and advice is on the money every time. So Harvest, you guys are truly blessed. Um, so let me pray and then we're going to dive in. Let me pray and then we're going to dive in. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for this morning. I am humbled. Um, I, I know for a fact that I do not deserve to be up here, God, but I'm, I'm grateful that you you choose to use me in spite of me. And so just allow me to decrease and God, you increase, God, allow the people to hear nothing but your word. Um, allow them to see nothing but your word. Um, God, we love you. We thank you for this book. Uh, allow me to speak slowly, clearly, and allow our hearts to be ready to receive it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So I know you guys uh, just finished talking, finished up talking about the Holy Spirit, and, and, and last week Pastor Shelby began to. Uh, begin a series in the book of daniel, and so he he preached about how to prepare your your children for life and and I want to continue on in that same vein by taking a biblical walk through psalm ninety one and if you heard anything from the people this morning, it might be more like a a biblical jog or or a biblical sprint because we're about to move you know there are some pastors who They're like an airplane. Right. They got that arm ramp and they start to build up speed and then they take off and then they're gone. I'm more like a helicopter. You start on the ground. Bang. We're up and we're moving. So that's how we're going to be. I hope you guys buckled up. Buckle up your seatbelts because we're about to move. And So I believe Psalm 91 is one of the most victorious Psalms that we have. One of the most victorious Psalms that we have. So David starts off by saying in Psalm 91 verse one. It says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. And so, first off, we need to understand that there is a secret place that we can go. There's a secret place that we can go. There is somewhere that we can go to hide and find some rest for our souls. Psalm chapter 27, verse five, it says, David says, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle, shall he hide me? He shall set me upon a rock. And so, when life starts to happen and, and the storms begin to rage, God will hide us in His secret place. When when people make it their attempt to 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 to, to destroy you, that's their goal. They want to take you out. God will remove you from that situation. Psalm chapter thirty one, verse twenty, it says, "Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion." From the strife of tongues. And you can even think about Jesus and the example of his life when he was on this earth, when the crowd rose up against him to try and kill him. Look what happened in Luke chapter four, verses 28 through 30. It says And all day in the synagogue. When they heard these things were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him into the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong, but he passing through the midst of them went his way. So Jesus was literally in the middle of the crowd, but he slipped out. He slipped out. God is the one who delivers us from all of our enemies. He is our hiding place. He is our dwelling place. He is the one who preserves us from trouble. He is our shelter and and he is our, our strong tower. We are abiding under the shadow of the almighty in the midst of this messed up world. Lamentations chapter four, verse 20, it says under his shadow, we shall live among the heathen. Is that not what we're doing? We, we are living in a world amongst the heathen, yet we are living under his shadow. I can remember a couple years back. I was I was at the zoo with my little cousins and it was a hot summer day. Like it's been the past four or five days here in KC. Y'all got some real heat. Yo, KC has some real heat and I'm tall. So my head's closer to the sun. So that's beaming. It's been real. But praise God. But we were at the zoo and, and my cousins, they I noticed they kept trying to walk in front of me right on my right side. And then, you know, we're walking and looking at the elevators, and they keep trying to walk. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? And finally, they said, well, we're, we're trying to walk in your shadow to keep us from the sun. But do understand, God's shadow is a million times larger than mine. And if I can shield a couple kids from the heat of the sun, imagine how God can shield us from the heat of life. Isaiah chapter four, verse six, it says, and there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and for a place of refuge and for a covert from the storm and from the rain and so your first point for study is god hides us under the shadow of his wings and protects us from all hurt harm and danger when when david was running from saul you can imagine the pressure he was under he he literally had another man trying to take his life but listen to what he says in psalm 57 verse 1 he says be merciful unto me O god Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee, yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. So David had been through some stuff, so he was confident when he said in Psalm 91 verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. So understand, God is our refuge. God is our fortress. He is our habitation. He is our rock. He is our deliverer. He is our strength. He is our portion. He is our guide. He he is our high tower and the horn of our salvation. And so whenever we get into trouble, and we all do, and we all will, he is a very present help. And so your next point for study is the more time we spend with God and his word, the more we figure out that he is everything we need. He's everything we need. And this is why we trust in no one and no thing but him. Psalm chapter 62, verses five through eight. David says, my soul, wait thou only upon God for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God, so why trust in Him at all times? We can trust in God and not be afraid. We can lean and depend on Him when we put our trust fully in the one who will never let us down. That's when we get that peace that passes all understanding. That's when we get that that perfect peace isaiah twenty six verse three it says, "Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee." Because he trusteth in thee. See, we trust in God because of what he has already done in our lives. God has already brought us through some storms. He's already delivered us from some battles. He has already protected us from some dangerous situations. Psalm 91, verse three. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. And and the sooner we realize we have three real enemies being the world, the flesh and the devil, the better. You see, there are traps set for us every single day. Peter says in first Peter chapter five, verse eight, he says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about doing what? Seeking whom he may devour Just like he did in Job, the the devil is literally roaming this earth looking for someone to devour. He he set some traps and and Jesus already told us that since the world hated him first and as believers, we are in him. The world is going to hate us, too. And so they got some traps set for us as well. The, The snares of the world will drown men in destruction and perdition. And then on top of that, we got the inner battle of me against me that goes on every single moment of every single day, that battle of our spirit and the flesh. And that's telling us that even our own flesh has set some traps for us. So I think it's fair to say Psalm 34, verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But guess what? The Lord deliver us out of them all. He delivers us from them all. Every single one of our afflictions God has and he will deliver us from. Job chapter five, verses 19 through 22, it says he shall deliver thee in six troubles. Yea, in seven, there shall no evil touch thee in famine. He shall redeem thee from death and in war from the power of the sword. Thou shalt be hid from the scourge of the tongue. Neither shalt thou be afraid of destruction when it cometh at destruction and famine. Famine thou shalt laugh. Neither shalt thou be afraid of the beasts of the earth. It sounds like victory to me. That sounds like victory. We have victory in Christ. So Psalm 91 verse four, he says he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. God protects us the same way an eagle protects her young ones. I, I enjoy watching, you know, animal shows. I like animals also. So, so you can literally see how an eagle will protect her young. Deuteronomy 32 verse 11 describes it for us. He says, as an eagle stirreth up her nest and fluttereth over her young and spreadeth abroad her her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. And so in that same way. In that same way, the Lord protects us. He protects those who want to be protected. We learn from the example of Israel that God will not cover anyone who doesn't want to be covered. Look at Matthew 23, verse, verse 37. It says this is Jesus talking. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the killest the prophets and stonish them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. In other words, this is all I want to do for you, but you don't want it. And so one thing I've learned in my own life, and I, I believe is consistent with the Bible, your next point for study, God will eventually give you what you're communicating to him that you want. If you want him, he'll give you as much of him as you can handle. If you want the truth, he'll give you the truth. But if you want a lie, he'll give you a lie. David says that his truth is our shield and buckler, and we know what his truth is. John 17, verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You see, his word is power. Everything we can see around us is going to burn and pass away. But his word is going to stand forever. And so because of this, we can have confidence. We can have com- not not in our ability, not in who we are, but we can have confidence in God's ability and in who he is. And so Psalm 91, verse five. So because of that, we don't have to be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. There is nothing in this life that we need to be fearful of. And we know there's some crazy stuff going on in this world. Right. We know that murders happen every day. Horrible tragedies are happening every single day. Job 24, verses 14 through 16 the murderer rising with the light killeth the poor and needy. Somebody woke up this morning with the intent to kill. Verse 15 the eye also of the adulterer waiteth for the twilight, saying, No eye shall see me, and disguiseth, disguiseth his face. But understand, even in this, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Because Psalm 27, verse one, and then verse three, it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Verse three, though in host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. And so it doesn't matter if 10,000 people have set themselves up against us. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. If the earth is removed and and the mountains are carried into the sea and the winds are blowing, our hearts have to be fixed that we are going to trust God. Why? Why? Why are we going to do that? Because we know and we serve the one who's in control of the winds and the waves. So in Christ, we can have some audaciousness. We we can have some boldness in him. Proverbs 28, verse one. But the righteous are bold as a lion. We can boldly say the Lord is my helper. We don't have to fear what man can do unto us. Proverbs 3:24 says, "When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid; yea, thou shalt lie down and thy sleep shall be sweet." There's nothing like that good sleep. Nothing like that good sleep. Have you ever just had just a just a great nap? This this is this might be TMI, too much information. So I apologize in advance. But but I know I got a good nap in when my pillow is drenched when I wake up. <laughs> I know I got a good nap in at that point. Clearly, I was super tired. But every time that happens, I, I feel so refreshed. Remember when the disciples were on a boat in the middle of a raging storm, where was Jesus? Down below, knocked out, right? You see, he gives us sweet sleep in the middle of the craziness of this world. But, but we still got to walk circumspectly. We still we still got to be careful how we move and where we're going, because the reality is we don't dodge arrows anymore. Now we got to dodge bullets. But yet and still, we don't have to be afraid. So continuing on, if, if there was ever a verse that was so appropriate for the current times, it would have to be Psalm 91 verse verse six. It says, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. If there was ever a deadly pestilence that we couldn't see, COVID is it. COVID is it. But this isn't the first time a deadly pestilence has moved through the world. Remember when the death angel came through Egypt in Exodus 2012, 20, verse 29, it says, And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of cattle. So 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 this plague or this pestilence destroyed every single firstborn child except those who had the blood of the lamb on their door. Exodus 12, 12 and 13, it says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I'm the Lord and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And so only those who were covered by the blood were safe. Does that sound familiar? You see, COVID has killed thousands upon thousands of people. Psalm 91 verse 7, a a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Now, now, have there been believers who, who have, who have contracted COVID, who have even passed from COVID? Yes. But even in that, it still worked out for them because death now serves as our transportation to heaven. COVID, COVID being the cause of death just took them into an eternal presence with God. But the fact still remains that we are covered by the blood of Christ. People are dying all around us. And the fact that we are still here and healthy is a blessing. There are places we have been there. There are things we have done that ended in tragedy for others. And yet we are sitting in this place on a Sunday morning. You can't tell me that God isn't good. So Psalm 91 verse 8 says, only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. In other words, and here's your next point for study. We will see the calamity and death happening all around us, but we won't experience it as the wicked do. We'll see it, but we won't experience it. You see what is happening and will continue to happen is a great reaping of what has been sown in this nation. Galatians chapter six, verses seven and eight, it says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And so does the world really think that God is not paying attention? Like I said earlier, God will give you what you're communicating to him that you want. And the world is getting just that. But again, we won't experience it. And before it gets too bad, we'll be raptured out of here. Why? Because Psalm 91 verse nine, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. So because we are dwelling in that secret place where we can find safety, your next point for study is there is no greater place to find safety than in the hands of God. There is no greater place to find safety. You see, we'll never find safety in a man. We'll never find safety in a thing. Psalm 142, verses four and five, it says, I looked on my right hand and beheld. But there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. So we are safe in the arms of the Lord. Psalm 91, verse, verse 10, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall thy dwelling. What is happening is that God is preserving our soul. Proverbs 12, 21, there shall no evil happen to the just. Why? Psalm 91, verse 11, for he has given his angels charge over us, y'all. His angels have us in all of our ways. We got some bad boys backing us up. You see, in God, there is more with us than there is against us. Remember the story of, of Elisha and the young man before they were about to go to war. He was he was fearful because all the young man saw was the enemy compassed around the city. That's all his eyes can see. Let's look at it. Second Kings chapter 6, verses 15 through 17. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, in hosts compassed the city. Both with horses and chariots and his servant said unto him, alas, my master, how shall we do? What are we going to do? And he answered, fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. So don't ever forget. You and God are the majority yeah. to fight and win these battles. All you need is him. Now, now I know where I'm at. I, I know what we believe. I, I took the manuscript evidence class. So I know what what Pastor Shelby stands for. I know and believe the King James Bible is the one true Bible for today. And so in Luke chapter four, verses 10 through 11, Satan actually quotes this verse. But we see in Psalm ninety-one eleven, he doesn't quote it fully. He, he follows the same pattern that most corrupt Bibles from the Alexandrian text follow or or I guess it's the other way around. They're actually following the pattern of Satan. But 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 Satan, just like they do, have removed words from the verse. So Luke chapter four, verse 10, is, Satan says, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. But the verse actually says, Psalm ninety-one, eleven: for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. I don't know about y'all, but but I want all of God's words, not just some of them. I want God to keep me in all my ways, not just some of them. I want the angels, Psalm 91, verse 12. I want them to bear me up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. And so when the angels are given charge over us, Proverbs 323, then we can walk safely. And our feet won't stumble. And so now instead of being walked over, now we're doing the walking on. Psalm 91, verse 13, it says, thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. All over the Bible, we see people being delivered from the lion. David said he was delivered from the lion. Paul said he was delivered from the lion. Uh, as you all, maybe we'll see if you get to it, Daniel was delivered from the lion. But Psalm 91, 13 says we will tread upon the lion, not just be delivered from it. So to tread means to to walk over something. We we, we are going to be walking over the lion and the adder. And what an adder is, it's a it's an asp or a, a serpent. So now what could David possibly be talking about in this verse? Who else is characterized in the Bible as as a roaring lion and a serpent or a dragon? You know, the answer is none other than Satan himself. So it may not be happening right now, but there's going to come a day when we will trample over Satan. Jesus is going to destroy Satan once and for all, and we will have a front row seat to witness it because we'll be fighting with him. Romans 16, verse 20, it says, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Revelation 20 verses one and two, it says, and I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years. And then after this, eight verses later, verse 10, Revelation 20, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever that this is going to happen as paul puts it shortly but but back to to psalm 91 because there seems to be a change in the speaker here because verse 14 says because he hath set his love upon me therefore will i deliver him i will set him on high because he hath known my name okay There is no doubt David could have said that God has set his love upon him. But it gets tricky when we get to that next phrase, because David couldn't deliver God from anything. God was the one continuously delivering David. And so God says, I will set him on high because he hath known my name. The name of the Lord is awesome. It's awesome. Proverbs 18, verse 10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous runneth into it and is safe. Psalm 89, verse 16, it says, In thy name shall they rejoice all the day. There is no other name like it. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Philippians 2, 9, verses 9 through 10, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And so the name of God is amazing because his name is Adonai, which means the Lord. His name is El Elyon, which means the most high God. His name is Elohim, which means the all-powerful one. His name is El Roy, which means the God who sees me. His name is El Shaddai, which means the all-sufficient one. His name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. His name is Jehovah, which means the self-existent one. His name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, my provider. His name is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. His name is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. His name is Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd. His name is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. His name is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord, our companion. His name is Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord, our righteousness. This is why we can trust in him. Because this is who he is to us. Psalm 9, verse 10, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. But do you know what the wildest part of this is? Check out Psalm 138, verse 2. It says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Why? For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And so your next point for study is God has magnified his word above his name. Why has he done this? Why? Why? We just we just talked about how incredible his name is. So why would he magnify his word above his name? Because if it wasn't for his word, we would never be able to figure out what his name is. And so your next blank, your next point for study is his word is what reveals his name to us. It's it's an amazing thing for us to know his name, but the icing on the cake is that he knows our name. Luke 10 verse 20, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Our our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. He has he has called us by name and now we belong to him. But keep going because it gets better. He he is the God who hears us. Psalm 91 verse 15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. You remember Hagar and Ishmael in Genesis chapter 21 verse 16. It says, and she went and sat her down over against him a good way off. As it were, a bow shot for she said, let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. Verse 17. And God heard the voice of the lad and the angel of the, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, what aileth thee? Hagar, fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. God heard their cry and he hears our cry. Isaiah 58, verse nine, it says, then shalt thou call and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry and he shall say, here I am. But see, God takes it even a step further because Isaiah 65, verse 24 says, and it shall come to pass that before they call. I will answer. Before we even call on him, he answers us. Incredible. Incredible. Matter of fact, your next point for study is God is looking for people who are looking for him. He's looking for people who are looking for him, because if we're looking for him, we will find him. Jeremiah 29 verses 12 and 13. Let's just go to verse 13. It says, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. If we call unto God, he will answer us. But not only that, God is with us in our trouble. Psalm chapter 23, verse four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. We could be walking smack dab in the middle of the storm and we don't have to be scared of a thing because God is with us. He's with us. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear thou not. Why? For I am with thee. Be not dismayed for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 57, verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place. I'm dwelling with him also that is of a contrite and humble Spirit to do what? To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. And so when we pass through the waters of life, he's with us. When we walk through the oceans of life, they will not overflow us. When we walk through the fire of life, we will not be burned. We are never alone in life because God is with us. And I get it. Sometimes we need to be reassured that he's with us. Even Paul went through this. Acts chapter 18, verse 9 and 10. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision. Be not afraid. Don't be afraid, Paul, but speak and hold not thy peace. Why could Paul have confidence? Verse 10, for I am with thee and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee and understand we have. Matthew 28 verses. Those who took that step in their faith, that step of obedience in their faith, but baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Even until the end of the world. Amen. And so your next point for study, God has been with us. He's with us now. And will be with us in the future. We just have to trust in him. Psalm 91 verse 16, it says with with long life, will I satisfy him and and show him my salvation? The salvation of God has been revealed to each and every one of us. Luke chapter three, verse six, it says in all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And so there came a day in our lives when the gospel was preached and the true path of life was shown to us. And we said, yes. Psalm 21, verse four, it says he acts life of thee and thou gavest it him even length of days forever and ever. This is our testimony. To to those who have received salvation, you will be satisfied with long life in heaven. If you have not received the salvation of the Lord, understand what you will have, what you'll you'll have. Something will be eternal for you, but it won't be life. And it's not going to satisfy you. It's going to be torment. Mark chapter three, verse twenty nine, Jesus calls it eternal damnation. Jews seven calls it eternal fire. See, for believers, we're going to receive glorified bodies that are incapable of sinning and that are able to live forever. John, first John, chapter three, verse two, it says, beloved, now are we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. So we're not even who we're going to be in heaven in its totality. We're not even. To look forward to. But for unbelievers, if, if you die rejecting Jesus Christ you have another body, but it will be a body that is incapable of burning up because you're going to be in a lake of fire forever. If you die rejecting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the harsh reality is that you're going to spend eternity in hell. That's not the long life that God wants to satisfy you with. And so if you need to make a decision for Christ today. Do that. Don't wait for tomorrow. Surrender your life to him. He understand he's knocking on the door of your heart. Open it up and get 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 plugged into this church and and grow in your faith. Psalm 91 is one of the most victorious psalms that we have. It, it reveals to us that when it's all said and done and when this life is over. We win in the end. We win in the end, and I thank God for that. There there is there is so much more than this temporal life that we have to look forward to. And so for believers in Christ, it is it is it is literally up from here. It's up from here. This life is the worst it'll ever get for us. It's literally up from here in every aspect of the wor- every aspect of the word. So if you need to give your life to Christ, do that today. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for this word. Thank you for the victory that we have in you, the victory that you have given us, the power that you have given us, the, uh, the, the love and the grace and the mercy that in the long suffering that you have shown to us. The patience you have shown to us. And God, from this point forward, God, help us to live in the victory of this song. Help us to live in knowing the fact that this life, however bad this life is for us, God, this is the worst it'll ever be for us. Because after this is heaven can't get any better than that. So, God, we thank you. And, Amen.